Second Corinthians 1.19. I'm going to read in the Amplified Version. Second Corinthians 1.19. It's great to have all of you with us. Thank you for joining us today. You're not here by accident. You're not just here because you got invited or whatever. This was the Sunday you could make it. You're here by divine appointment of God. So know that God's going to speak to you in some way today. He's going to speak to all of us in different ways, but you're here by the will of God. Amen. 2 Corinthians 1.19, For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Silvanus, and Timothy, was not yes and no, but has proved to be yes in him, true and faithful, the divine yes, affirming God's promises. For as many as are the promises of God, in Christ they are all answered yes. So through him we say our amen to the glory of God. Now it is God who establishes and confirms us in joint fellowship with you in Christ and who has anointed us, empowering us with the gifts of the Spirit. The Message Bible, verses 20 and 21, it says, Whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. In Him, in Jesus, this is what we preach and pray, the great amen. God's yes and our yes together, gloriously evident. God affirms us, making us a sure thing in Christ, putting His yes within us. Amen. I want to talk to you a bit today about God's divine yes. God's divine yes. If you put your Bibles down, your notebooks down, your phones, whatever you got, why don't you raise your hands one more time and just ask God to prepare your heart for the Word. God, remove every obstacle. God, remove every contaminant. God, remove every preconceived idea. God, God, let our filters be clean and clear, God, that the Word can flow into good soil, God, uncontaminated, unhindered. Let the Word work in our lives. Let it be planted and rooted deep down in our very being, God, that it will grow up and bring fruit for your glory into our lives, God, for your glory into this world, that you would be manifest through us, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. If you believe God's going to do something great, shout amen. You may be seated. <coughs> Man, God is good. Well, before I get going, real quick, I'd be amiss if I didn't tell my wonderful, beautiful, lovely, amazing wife, happy anniversary. It'll be 14 years tomorrow. 14 years tomorrow. Uh, I, I told her yesterday, I was like, man, it don't seem like it's been 14 years. It seems like it's been like five. She said, well, it seems like it's been like 25 to me. And I had to sit there and try to take that in. Uh, I was like, what does that even mean? I, I'm, I put a good spin on it. I'm like, because she just sees us for the rest of our lives and all eternity hanging out together, and she's just prepped for it. Amen. I don't know, living with me for 14 years, it might seem like 25. Amen. God's God, I love you, baby. 
I love you. I appreciate you much. Amen. God's moving in great and mighty ways. Hmm. Glad a couple of you agree. God is moving in great and mighty ways. Hallelujah. There's a harvest coming, guys, that we can't even begin to imagine. There's a harvest coming that you can't even begin to phantom, amen, because we go off of our past and what we've seen and what we've heard, but God's got so much greater in store for His church in this last day. There's going to be a harvest of billions of people in this world that are going to come to the Lord, and they're going to get to know God, and they're going to walk in the freedom and the victory of Jesus Christ, amen, and it's going to come through His church. It's going to come through you and I. We're going to be part of it in Jesus' name, and we get to be part of it. I've heard, I've heard from many people uh, the things that God's doing all over the world and, and uh, the stuff that they're seeing and, and people that have been doing this a long time and they've been a lot of places and they've experienced a lot of things in the Lord and they're like, I'm seeing things, Brother Balgi, that, that I haven't ever even seen before myself. God's moving in ways that, that I've never even seen, amen, because God's ripping the veil off of this thing. God's breaking down all this stuff in our flesh and getting us out of the way so that the spirit can have its way in our lives and we're getting our minds focused and he's getting us focused on the mission and on the purpose amen and he's leading us into it and he's going to open up a door of revival and harvest in your life like you can't even imagine right now if you're willing to step into it God's going to lead you into it hey look this ain't no time to be messing around and patty caking with Jesus because the enemy is out there and he's trying to destroy what God wants to do in your life and he ain't patty kicking around he ain't messing around he's straight up telling you everything he's doing throwing it out in your face putting it before you with great uh pulp and, and exposure and excitement and everything that he does this ain't no time to be messing around the things out there in the world that he lures you with they're not worth it what if you gain the whole world who cares if you lose your soul who cares if you lose your soul? Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not giving in to that. I'm not going to open myself up to that. I'm going to stay focused on my calling, on my mission, on serving the Lord. You know, for our worship services for Sundays and Wednesdays, our our focus and our expectation, our faith, our involvement, and what goes on in here is of utmost importance. Now, I know I've been talking a lot about not being about this building and all that, but we do live in a culture where this is important, and this is important. Amen. Like, I, I tell you, don't get me wrong, just because I we got to get out. It can't be all about this. My sum total of my week doesn't happen on a Sunday morning, amen. This is just the icing on the cake for everything I've done Monday through Saturday, amen. I got to be out there ministering. I got to be out there and be in the church. I got, I got way more opportunity out there to affect eternity than I do even right in here, hallelujah, because I spend a lot more time out there, and I connect with a lot more different people out there. But when we are here... What we do in here is important. <laughs> we're not just going to come in here and act like nothing's going on and we're just having a social gathering and we're just getting together because it's Sunday morning and that's what we do as a church. Amen. 
I, I mean, if we're going to come in here and take time out of our week to meet, we should come full of faith and full of expectation every time. We should come ready and expecting to engage and participate in what God is doing in this place. Amen. We need to understand that you and I, we're not thermometers. You're not a thermometer, but you're a thermostat. Hallelujah. You're not a thermometer. You're a thermostat. We don't gauge the spiritual influence in this place. We set the spiritual influence in this place. And when we demonstrate our willingness to be part of that spiritual influence through our actions, and, uh, so, so we need to set this place ablaze with the faith and the fire and the expectation and the unity every time that we come together. Every time that we step foot together, we should come with expectation and the fire of the Holy Ghost already kindled down in my spirit. Amen. There's people that come in here, especially lost people that don't know how to set the spiritual influence of a service. The things of the Spirit don't even make sense to them yet. There may be people in here only out of duty in their flesh, and, and in their flesh they may have no desire whatsoever to even be here. There may be people in here that are dealing with so many hurts and habits and hang-ups that they can't even find a coal, a fire inside of themselves, let alone a temperature gauge. So that means that it is our job, <laughs> it is our duty, hallelujah, to turn up the spiritual thermostat in this place every time that we come together. It means that it is every one of our jobs to set the spiritual atmosphere in this place through our participation in the service and with what God is doing. So you and I, we can't take a Sunday off. <laughs> we don't get a Sunday off. We don't get a freebie. We don't get a coast through a Sunday. Hallelujah. We can't come in here and just sit on the sidelines and be bystanders uh, bystanders of what God is doing in here. We can't expect the praise team and the preacher to do all the fire lighting in this place. We can't come in here and have to get our fire lit by what's going on in here. We need to bring the fire with us. We need to bring the fire in here. Hallelujah. We got to come in here with the Holy Ghost and fire already burning and blazing within us. But the problem is, is that many of us have become so comfortable with the supernatural presence of God in our lives, and we become so comfortable getting fed every week spiritually that we can easily become comfortable and even apathetic at times. Where what's happening in here is just, just another Sunday. This is what we do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we sit back and we just enjoy the show. We enjoy the worship and the preaching, and we do some to engage in the service and the atmosphere of what's going on, but we aren't going to step out and let out for the Lord. We aren't going to go beyond what we think our duty is. We'll sing and clap our hands a bit, and every once in a while shout or possibly leap, but nothing beyond that, <laughs> if that. And that's only when the praise team sings the one song that really gets us going. Let's be real. Come on. I come in here on a Wednesday. <laughs> well, amen, the preacher, if he says something that grabs our attention every once in a while, or if, they, or if they mention what we see is the most important topic to us, if the preacher starts talking about that, yeah, we'll get behind him and amen him a bit there. But to stand up and join the preacher and the preaching by amen and clapping and dancing, yeah, probably not. I'll just sit back and let them feed me week in and week out. I'll let those couple that always get with the preacher, I'll, I'll, I'll let them do it. I'll let them be the ones that start the fire. I'll let them be the ones that are stoking it. 
I mean, I've heard what the preacher's preaching a thousand times. <laughs> He's not even sharing anything relevant to my life right now anyway. He's preaching about repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And that all happened to me years ago. I've been through that. I'm thankful for it. Hallelujah. So I'll give a little patty cake maybe and throw an amen here and there out of duty. And you don't even realize that you are setting the temperature in this place. You're setting the temperature in this place. That you are being a thermostat. And you're setting the atmosphere, not of a red-hot Holy Ghost fire and faith, but of apathetic indifference to the things of God. I heard uh, uh, Matt Tuttle, some of you guys know who he is. He just did the senior camp. Uh, man, this dude's a firecracker. Like, he, he, wherever he goes, he's got the fire, I think. He probably walks down the street and there's oh, smoke behind him or something. I don't know. He's intense. But he was talking and he said, uh, I'm going to try to come to the story here. He said that uh, he was at a, a conference or something and the, and the preacher was up there preaching and he was talking and he was teaching. And uh, the, 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 he started talking about how, you know, the third of the heavenly host was, was deceived by Satan and they, they became demons. And, and the, so I think the number was like there's 100 million demons out there from, from what this guy was saying. And he said, he said his mind, his mind went to going, and uh, he lost track of everything else that preacher was saying because his, his mind took off. Because the Bible says that, that one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. So if that's, that's God's biblical math, <laughs> and so three can put a hundred thousand to flight. And he went and he figured out that to do a hundred million, it would take six people, six Holy Ghost filled, fire filled, powerhouse people for God to get up and they can cast and chase every devil in hell out of this room right now in the name of Jesus. All they got to do is get six people in unity focused on what God's trying to do and stand against every devil in hell. And the devil don't have a chance in this place. Every devil in hell has to go from six people. Six people. You know what else it takes six people to do? Carry a casket. It could take six people to cast every devil in hell out of a city, out of a service. Amen. But those same six people that are coming in with fire, are, they might have to be the ones that carry your casket because you're being a deadhead. <sighs> And you're walking around in your flesh and you're just being like, ah, I'm just here. So somebody's got to pick you up, try to get you on fire. And those same six people that should be chasing the devils out of here now, carrying you around, trying to carry you through the service because you ain't willing to get up and do your part in the service, amen, and get with what's going on, amen. Hallelujah. Look, I don't, I don't mean you got to jump up and do everything like I do it, but my God, we got to get involved in it. We got to get behind what's going on. Man, clap your hands. Shout an amen. Do something. Agree with the word. Do something. Don't make people have to carry you through the service. Amen. I'm not one. I am one of the six. 
My God, I am one of them. You're not going to have to carry me. I'm coming here every time full of fire, full of faith, full of expectation. You're not going to have to carry me. Jesus said that he'll baptize you with Holy Ghost and fire. So you have to make sure that you're not allowing your fire to be quenched. And every time we come together, you have to come fully intending to not have to get turned up or carried by others. That you aren't going to need the praise team to turn you up. You're not going to need the praise team to get you into a place of worship. You're not going to need the praise team to draw you into a place of praise. But you are setting your temperature on high no matter how good they sing. No matter if it's the same song they've sung for the last six years. Amen. If it's the song that don't get me going, I'm still going to get up and I'm still going to praise and I'm still going to worship. And I'm still going to glorify my God. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to lift him up. My praise is going to set a fire, hallelujah, in this place. And my worship and your worship and your praise helps set the fire in this place. And it sets the atmosphere for God, amen. Hey, Tony, Tony, look, you ain't going to have to give me fire. I'm thankful for all that you guys do. Alexa, Ben, all you guys, all you guys that come in here week in and week out and serve and help lead us in worship. I'm thankful for all that. But you ain't going to have to have to carry me, brother. I'm going to carry you. I'm going to get with you. I'm going to get behind you. I'm going to walk in unity with you. Why? Because I'm here to kick some devils in the face. I'm here to take authority over the enemy. I'm here to break every stronghold of the enemy. You don't have to carry me and get me going during the worship. I've already decided I'm going to worship and I'm going to praise. No matter what you do, no matter what they do, I'm going to worship. I'm going to praise. Hey, preacher, you don't have to come up with all kinds of great and profound revelations to excite me. You don't have to come up with something, something new to get me going, preacher. Just share the word with me. Just share truth with me. God, just, just you speak the truth to me. Hallelujah. And I'm going to come into agreement with you and declare my agreement. Preacher, I don't need a new word to excite me and get me going. I just need a true word. I'm not going to be some old crusty Christian bump on a log that only participates when you give me something to feed me. Something I've never heard before. Some new insight. But all I need, all I need, preacher, is the true word. All I need, preacher, is the word. I don't need a new word. I just need true word. Hallelujah. Just preach the truth to me. And I'll amen you. And I'll clap with you. And I'll dance. And I'll get excited. And I'll come into agreement with you. And I'll declare that agreement with you. Just share the word. Because I've determined to come in here and set the atmosphere and the spiritual temperature through worship and participation throughout the service. Because somebody's soul very well may be weighing in the balance. Somebody's breakthrough may be just on the other side of their response to the Spirit, which is directly connected to our response to the Spirit. Because they may not know how to or can't turn up the temperature yet themselves. So we that know how have to turn the temperature up. Uh, we have to be the ones that set the atmosphere. I heard another thing from old brother Tuttle. 
man, you should, you should YouTube hit, YouTube, 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 tutu. You should YouTube him. Yeah, listen to, man, this dude, I'm telling you what, he'll bomb you. You won't walk out of that, you'll listen to that hour sermon, you won't be the same. He, he talked about, he did a, he did a, I don't know if this was at youth camp, I can't remember. He did a, a science experiment. He said, he said, I'm, I'm going to get up here and I'm going to present the word to you three different times. And I want you to respond three different ways. And he said the first time, he, I, I, I want you to sit there and boo as I'm preaching the word. And so he said, he got up and he said, just imagine there's like a, a lady in the back and her marriage is falling apart and there's a gentleman in the back who's addicted and an alcoholic and he can't seem to be set free from all that. He said, just imagine them back there. Okay, and then he said, in the name of Jesus, God can heal your marriage. God can set you free. God can deliver you. And everybody's like, boo, boo. That word hit a wall. He said, he said, then the next group, do like you guys just did. Sit there and look at me. Just sit there and look at me. Don't do anything. God can heal your marriage. God can set you free. God can give you a new life. No faith. You feel faith in that? I'm speaking the word. I'm speaking the word I declare almost every week. Amen. It's the same word. No faith. Okay, but this time I want you all to jump to your feet and start saying, Amen, preacher. I agree, preacher. Yes, in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you hear what I'm saying? I want you to do that right now. In the name of Jesus, jump to your feet. Jesus can heal your marriage. Jesus can set you free from every addiction, every stronghold, every weapon of the enemy. God can heal your life. God is here for you. Do you feel the faith rising in that? Do you feel the expectation in that? That's what I'm talking about. You are a thermostat. See, your response isn't even about you. It's about the hurt and the broken person that's hearing the word. It's about their faith being lifted up because they see you have faith in what the preacher is saying and what God is doing. Because they see you coming into agreement with it. And they say, well, yeah, maybe, maybe just maybe all these people, they seem to, they seem to agree with that guy. They seem to think that, yeah, he can do that. Yeah, he really can do that. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, maybe, just maybe he could do that in my life. But if we're all sitting here like bumps on the log... He's like, well, sounds like that dude's up there talking, yelling and spitting on everybody. Like these people are all just sitting here. You know, I want to believe what he's saying. I need to believe what he's saying because my life's a mess. But I don't know. It's about their faith being elevated. It's not about you. It's not about if you've heard the same thing five billion times. It's still the Word of God. Just get behind it. Agree with it. Come into agreement. There's power. There's power in the agreement. Psalm 133 and 1. It says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. 
It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garment. One translation says, and it covered the whole body. Uh, when we come into unity, the precious anointment of God, the, uh, the anointing of the Holy Ghost covers the whole body. Hallelujah. And it goes on in verse 3, it says, As the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Where did he do that? In the midst of unity. When the body got together and they came into agreement. There it says that there is the blessings of God commanded to come forth in life evermore. We have to come in here every service and turn up the heat a bit, if you will. Amen. Look, uh, you guys, like we're sitting here right now, there's going to come a day very soon where this place is going to be full of people. And it's not going to be people that have been hearing this their whole life. They're going to be people that are searching for God and they're trying to figure this out. And they're trying to walk with God. And they're not going to know how to step into the temperature atmosphere and raise it up. And they're going to need some people to demonstrate and to show them and to lead them so that they see it. And not only that, but so they feel comfortable themselves. And when God says, why don't you jump to your feet? They feel like they can jump to their feet. If God says, why don't you shout with a voice of triumph right now? They feel like they can shout with a voice of triumph. It's not just, it's not about you. It's not about me. Hallelujah. It's about those that God's going to bring in here. We have to come in here and declare our faith. We have to come into unity and agreement with what God is doing and create a positive spiritual atmosphere that warms up the cold, that loosens up the, those tight joints and the hurting bones. So that means that the spiritual has to overcome the carnal. Because the cardinal man says, I'll just sit here. That's not me. Uh, those guys are wild. I don't do all that stuff. And let me tell you, man, ooh, this just popped in my head. If you go to a conference, young people, if you go to HYC, youth conference, if you go to a general conference, if you go to some conference and you're up preaching with that preacher and you're getting behind what they're doing and you're yelling and shouting in the worship and getting all crazy with it and you don't do it in here, shame on you. Shame on you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know that didn't go over well, but I'm telling you what. There's no way you should ever be out in a service with somebody else outside of your home church worshiping with them more than you do in here. I'm not saying no worship. Worship out there. Take the fire with you in there. But you better make sure you got it here. And just because it's, it's the pastor getting up and preaching again. Oh, you know, we've heard him. We heard him every week. But also when Mr. Mr. Matt Tuttle gets up there and starts yelling and screaming at you. And you come unglued and you can't sit in your seat. My God, have mercy on us. My God, the same spirit. Amen. That's why it doesn't matter if it's this guy or that gal or him or him or him or whoever else comes up here and is preaching. I'm going to amen them. You're going to get tired of hearing me over here being in the cricket section going, amen. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I agree. Uh, but you should just not. 
worry about the crick section and break that thing out and you start agreeing and you start you start lifting up your voice with them no matter who it is or what they're preaching if it's truth you should get behind it and you should come into agreement with it and you should do that by declaring yes Lord I believe I agree amen 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 I'm going to preach with you, preacher. I'm going to sing with you, worship team. I'm going to set the atmosphere of this place. And you're not going to have to stoke me to do it. I got my mind made up. I'm coming in expecting to do it. But your carnal has to be overcome by the spiritual. You got to get out of yourself. You got to quit focusing on you. When am I getting out of this? Man, we ain't here to get. We're here to give. I get it. There's times in your life where you need to get. You need God to do something in your life because you're going through it. And that's fine. It happens. We all go through seasons. Amen. But my God, I can't stay in that season. Man, at some point you got to get up and say, I'm not going to just sit here and let you feed me all the time. I'm going to participate in this. I'm going to start getting out of myself and I'm going to start giving a little bit and see if God doesn't just take you through the trial you're going through anyway. <sighs> Sorry. <sighs> I wasn't saying sorry because what I said. I'm saying sorry because I blasted the microphone with my old out of breath self the word amen is a a most remarkable word it was transliterated directly from the Hebrew into the Greek you guys can be seated for a minute it was transliterated directly from the Hebrew into the Greek of the New Testament and then into Latin and English and many other languages it is practically a universal word and has been, called, has been called the best-known word in human speech. Almost every language has a, they say, amen. The word amen is directly related. In fact, almost identical to the Hebrew word for believe or faithful, the word aman. And it came to mean a firm, sure, or truly, an expression of absolute trust and confidence. When one believes God, he indicates his faith by an amen. When God makes a promise, the believer's response is amen. So it will be. I believe that, Lord. I'm in agreement with that, God. So be it. When you say amen to the priest's word going forth, you're saying, yes, I believe in that word. I believe what he's saying right now. I believe that what you're doing in here, I'm, I'm in agreement with it. And when we pray according to his word and his will, we know God will answer. So we close with an amen. But it's not just an idle word. It's not just a word that we kind of just say off the cuff. It's a response of a life to God. Because our lives are to be faith. And so I'm living a life that's saying, God, I, I hear what you're saying to me. And I agree with your word. And so, amen. My life's going to live that word out. My, my life is going to demonstrate that word. Amen. 
It's spiritual faith on the inside being manifested through outside actions. Amen is the word that when spoken declares to all that what uh, you are coming into agreement with is truth. Amen as a response in church services has been around for longer than the church itself really. It came directly from the Old Testament Jewish worship. Scripture records the reading of the law followed by, and all the people shall say, Amen. <laughs> Look what happened in the Scripture and how people set their spiritual thermometer. Nehemiah 8 and 6 says, And Ezra the high priest blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifting up their hands and they bowed their heads and they worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Hallelujah. Psalm 106 and 48 says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. And let all the people say, Amen. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Ephesians 3 and 21. Unto him, unto Jesus Christ, be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, the world without end. Amen and amen. So be it forevermore. See, this isn't about you anyway. It's about him. It's not about you. It's about him. Amen. Uh, you're like, well, that's not my personality. Well, yeah, it's not your personality. That's right. But it's not about your personality. It's about the Holy Ghost in you. Amen. It's about Jesus Christ in you. It's not about you and how you think and feel and all that jazz. It's about Jesus in you. You say you're not just that emotional or excitable, yeah, till your idol worship team gets to the playoffs. Uh, yeah, and then we'll show you how emotional you get and how excited you get when they're going into the championship game. Uh, let, me, let me come to you after a week of work and tell you you ain't getting paid. We'll see how emotional and excited you get. Yeah, when it's something that you won and you ain't getting it. And then all of a sudden, we'll see how excited you get. And how You are emotional. You are excitable. Amen. You get excited. You start talking about politics. Some of you just start. I know. I'm one of, I was. I'm getting better. I'm, I'm much better than I was about six, seven, eight months ago. But my God. The things that are exciting to you, you get to talking about them. You'll get excited. Amen. Don't tell me you're not emotional. Don't tell me you're not excitable. If you got a kid and I walk up and smack your kid in the head, you're going to get a little bit excited. You're going to get a little emotional. Amen. Amen. How much more when I start talking about Jesus, when I walk into his presence and I begin to lift up the one that went to the cross for me and he gave himself on my cross for my sin and my shame and my guilt. How much more should I exalt him and lift my voice to him and lift my hands to him? And give him my praise. <laughs> it's not about you. It's about Christ in you. Revelation 7.12 says, this is the heavenly host talking. It says, saying, amen. So be it. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. That's what they're saying in heaven. That's what the heavenly host is declaring. And let me tell you what, if you don't want to get on it down here, you ain't going to like it up there. 
because we're going to be doing it 24-7 for all eternity. We're going to be walking around. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Amen agrees with God. Amen agrees with the preacher. Amen agrees with the sermon. Amen agrees with the music. Amen agrees with the spirit. And it says, yes, Lord. What you're doing when you show assent to the things going on in here, you are declaring your agreement, not just to those that are in here, but also in the spiritual world. You're letting both God, his angels, and every hell and every devil in hell know that you're in agreement and you're claiming the word and its promises. Amen. Hallelujah. When you begin to clap your hands in worship, when you begin to clap your hands during the preaching, when you jump to your feet, when you dance, when you leap, when you shout yes, when you shout amen, preacher, you are declaring to everyone, to the lost sinner, to your brothers and sisters in Christ, to your children and all of the heavenly hosts that this is a place of Jesus and his word and that you believe in Jesus and his word. When you do that, it's not for the praise team. It's not for the preacher. It's for the lost and it's for the body. It's for the spiritual realm out there. It's to build faith and expectation in all those who hear the word because they see and know that you believe what is happening and what is being said. You're setting the thermostat on high and you're letting everyone know that you are in agreement. That is why it's so important for you to get behind the praise team and so important for you to get behind the preacher. The word amen is so powerful that it is even a title of Jesus Christ himself. Uh, Revelation 3 and 14 says, And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the amen the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Jesus said, I am the amen. Hallelujah. That's what Paul was talking about in 2 Corinthians 1 and 20, where he said, for all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen. The Amplified says it this way, for as many as are the promises, for as many as are the promises of God in Christ, they are all answered yes, so through him, we say our amen to the glory of God. Hallelujah. God's word is always faithful and true because he is none other than the creator of all things. Hallelujah. He's our eternal amen. And in this passage, Paul uses as strong an affirmation of truth as can be expressed in the Greek language. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him surely it is settled, so be it. The entire Bible itself even closes with an amen. In Revelations 22, the last chapter of the Bible, in verse 20, it says, He who testifies and affirms of these things says, Yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. And then you go to the last verse of the Bible, and it says, The grace of the Lord Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, be with all the saints, all believers, those set apart for God. Amen. 
men. So be it. It's forever settled. Amen. This assures everyone who reads it that the whole book is absolutely true and it's absolutely trustworthy. Amen. Amen. There's no variance in it. There's no doubt in it. If God said it, it's going to happen. Amen. Amen. And I believe what he says and I believe in his word. And so I come into agreement with him. Music, you'd come. <coughs> Sorry. Of all the words in the English language, there are a few more beautiful than the word yes. We, we like hearing yeses. We want to hear yeses, right? If my son is playing and he's on his swing set and he wants to jump off, and he looks at me and says, Daddy, will you catch me? He just wants to hear me say yes. I'll catch you, boy. I'll, I'll hold on to you. I'll, I'll make sure you're all right. I'm not going to let anything happen. Uh, yes, I'm here. And that gives him confidence. And that gives him willingness. And that gives him faith and trust. But also, adults ask that of God, of you, of me, and of others. They ask, will you be there for me? Will you help me? Will you forgive me? Will you give me another chance? And oh, oh, how beautiful when the answer to those questions is yes. Yes, I will. Yeah, I'll do that. And Jesus is God's divine yes to every person's questions. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, whosoever will ask of him, the answer to every promise is a divine amen, or so be it. It's a divine yes. Can you forgive me, Lord? All the things I've done, Lord. All the hurt I've caused, all the hurt that's happened to me. Can you forgive me, Lord? Will you heal me? Will you help me? Will you transform my heart? Is there hope for me and the answer in Jesus is yes and amen the answer in Jesus is always yes and yet many people either because of negative life experiences or because they just don't know any better see God in life as one big no it's as if God is leaning over the balcony of heaven, heaven saying no no stop that no, you can't do that. No, you shouldn't do that. And that's the way that some people see God because of their lives and how people have treated them. They see God as this tyrannical, demanding, critical father that's always keeping his hand on their life and telling them how bad they are and keeping them bound and, and scared of even being open with their weaknesses or, or their mistakes because they just may get ridiculed or lashed out at or beat down because of those mistakes. And sadly, that's the way that some people see us, his church also, because that's how we treat them and we treat one another. Always calling out everything that's wrong or amiss, everything that we don't like, like about the church or a brother so-and-so, quick to let them know about that. We let them 
let them know that they need to get it together and stop doing this and start doing that. And you got all this stuff in your life that you need to get taken care of. They, and they hear us talk about all of this sinful stuff in the world and be just as condescending towards what is going on out there and be just as hateful and negative towards others, others as the world is towards those that they don't agree with. While they hardly ever hear us talking about the good we see all around us. While hardly ever hearing us talk about even the goodness of God or how He is a blessing in our lives and how I've seen Him bless so many others and I've seen Him bless so-and-so that's going through the same situation that you are. Or hearing us encourage people even outside of the church body. I know I've talked a lot about being the thermostat in here, but you're supposed to be the thermostat everywhere that you go, church. Everywhere you go, you're the thermostat. It's not just in here. Uh, it's not just in here. How you respond to that person at work matters, sir. How you respond to that person in the store matters, ma'am. How you treat that waiter that hasn't done the best job serving you matters. What conversations you're part of matters. What you post on your social media matters. What you say and do in your home matters. Because you're setting the spiritual atmosphere everywhere you go, whether you want to or not. You are doing it. And being critical and calling out every fault and failure that you see is not the message of the Bible. I know a lot of people stick to those verses and they feel like it's their God-given calling to let everybody know how they've messed up and what they got going on in their lives and how it needs to be fixed. But that's not the message of the Bible. Christianity is not one big no because Jesus, he's God's divine yes to the world, to all of us. And he says, I'll show you mercy and I'll show you grace. I'll walk with you and I'll love you through your mess. I'm not going to beat you up in it. He'll tell you if you got stuff going on, but he's not going to beat you up in it. And he's telling you that because he wants you to get into a place where that stuff's not having an issue and control or whatever in your life anymore.